Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today we're talking... Edibles. Weed food, baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. All about eating it. I love to eat it. Natalie, what is an edible? <laughs> edible is a cannabis edible. Or a cannabis... <laughs> 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 uh, it is a food product that contains cannabinoids, especially tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC. And it could be a food or a drink, although drinkable edibles are called drinkables or liquid edibles. (laughs) Drinkables or liquid edibles. (laughs) Unlike THC, neither of those hit, do they? (laughs) I think edible is common enough in the lexicon that it's fine. Right. Bro, what did you get? Did you get any drinkables? It sounds like a 12-year-old in a Sunny Delight commercial. <laughs> I call them weed sodas. I would say weed soda is probably the way to go. You know what I saw at the corner store? Just for context, we have a corner store. It used to be like an upscale corner store. They used to pride themselves on being kind of hoity-toity. And now it's a degrading corner store. Right, uh uh-huh. The cookies expire and they put new expiration dates on them. You don't buy the produce. The milk is stored at a temperate 64 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) Yeah, right. You will buy things there that are rotten that you would never, it would never occur to you that that thing could rot. How do you leave Cheez-Its on the shelf so long that the Cheez-Its rot? Cheez-Its are preservatives. They will have Christmas candy from last year on the shelf in like August. Fuck it. And then once it's there to that point, you know they just take it back, dust it off, and bring it out and say it's new Christmas candy. You had that shit, I, I saw it sitting on the shelf from December all the way to August. Those white chocolate covered Christmas Oreo bullshits. I've seen them and you've had them on the clearance rack this whole entire time and no one wants them and they are going to go to full price for Christmas. I'm not stupid. Now as somebody who grew up going to Big Lots and Odd Lots, Mm -hmm. there's something that is comforting and familiar about Chaos Mart. Right, uh. (laughs) Except when I was a kid and we went to our Chaos Mart, like the appeal was that there was stuff there that was like 19 cents. Everything at our local Chaos Mart is like 9.45. Right, $17. So the deal is at this Chaos Mart is that they have degraded to the point where they started selling boner pills and they started selling CBD supplements, but they're like little cans of Coke. And they sell them for like $6. Right, right. And they have like 10 milligrams of CBD in them. I'm like, this is a joke. 10 milligrams of CBD is not. People who are taking CBD for epilepsy take like hundreds of milligrams. 10 milligrams is not really active in any way. It's like barely a threshold dose. That wouldn't do fucking anything to me. But so they've started (laughs) selling something that has perplexed me, which is it's a little chuggy bottle. Mm -hmm. Like an energy shot, but it's got like leaves on it and it just says something like inspire in sans serif and it's cbd and caffeine energy shot now the idea of cbd is that it relaxes you and helps you sleep Uh and calms your anxiety the idea that you would pair that with an energy shot is a little disingenuous Uh, okay so the the bullshit cbd soda and the cbd caffeine energy shots There is one market these products are made for. Would you like to guess before I tell you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say kids. Preteens shoplifting at the corner store. (laughs) Those are the only people who are going to seek those products out and they are going to pocket them. The great thing about CBD is that you can give it to kids because it doesn't do anything. Right. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I take CBD. I take CBD every day. It helps me sleep. It helps my pain, but it only really hits when you also take THC with it, which you should not be giving to kids. Right. And also, another thing about CBD is if you get too high, you can take some CBD to mellow out. You can kind of round the edges off on being excessively blunted. Yeah. So it actually gets you less high. Think about it. Kids, don't do it. Drugs are bad. That's getting, I'm editing out where you said drugs are bad because they're not. No, no, especially not weed. Weed is like the best thing that's ever existed. It's hard to argue that. Anything I like more than weed is like a person. Weed is like, hey bro, do you want an oxy? And it's like, no man, that's a tool of the Sacklers. 
and they use it, they purposefully altered the dosing schedule as if they were trying to get as many people addicted as possible and then push them onto fentanyl-laced products to harm them. But if your bro came back and goes, no bro, it comes from the oxy plant, and you're like, okay, well, how much of it can I take? And he goes, anywhere from one to 1,000. And you're like, what? Why can I take 1,000? He's like, you'll just get higher for longer. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but if I take 1,000 of these plants, then I'm gonna get addicted. And he's like, no. No. Well, what if I die? You're not gonna die either. You may get stuck in the shower thinking you're gonna die. Right, but that's totally different than actually dying. <laughs> get to that later so (laughs) (laughs) there are also food and beverages made from non-psychoactive cannabis and those are known as hemp foods and those are not like the same as edibles really hemp is cannabis sativa that has less than 0.3 percent thc in it and so it can contain cbd it can contain some other cannabinoids but not thc right hemp foods are non-psychoactive Um, And the main reason people eat hemp foods is because it is good for you. Like hemp has like a ton of protein and it has like all kinds of vitamins. It's full of fiber. And you can eat them raw or you can grind them into flour or you can put them in all kinds of stuff. You can make hemp milk. You can make tea out of it. And it's, it's real good for you. It has like a similar amino acid profile to meat also. Like I said, those are hemp foods. We're not here to talk about that. I just thought I would just mention them. I know they exist. It's worth mentioning, but... If you just want to eat something healthy and you're not trying to get stoned, then you can have some of that instead. You know, when we're talking weed, nobody really likes the seeds. Yeah, fuck that. People really like edibles because it's kind of like a low-key way of having weed. It makes it like a little bit more effective than smoking weed. It is easy to dose. Like nowadays it is. Yeah. Say I, I want to take exactly this much. There you go, buddy. It is better for you than smoking it. And so that is the main benefit of edibles over smoking weed, is that you're not exposing yourself to all the carcinogens and stuff. When you inhale smoke or vapor, it takes effect. I mean, you can feel it within seconds. Right. But it it generally takes effect within, what, five minutes? Mm-hmm. After you put the bong down, you've got five minutes, and then you know where you're going to be, basically, right. Right? right? right. Edibles... If you eat something, it takes so long to digest and get absorbed by your body and start to be metabolized and start to slide into your old receptors that it can be up to two or two and a half hours until you really start feeling it. It's a much creepier, slow situation. And so it is a lot easier to overdo it because you'll be just sitting there plowing through. I don't feel anything. This is nothing. Like I've been sitting here for two hours. I'm wasting my night. That's when you start having a bad situation. You're like, I'm just going to eat two more brownies. That one brownie didn't do anything. I've been sitting here for two hours and then you have two more brownies. That's when you have a bad night. Inevitably what happens, this has only happened to me like 15 separate times. As soon as you eat the more of it, that's immediately when you feel it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you eat the more, you're like, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> uh-oh. That's when you get the uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is why people have them. They are easy to deal with. They are good for dosing. You get better effects off the weed. It is stronger when you have it. So it makes it good for medical treatment. It is more accessible to people, like people who aren't able to smoke. But when do you think that people start eating weed? I suspect that people have been doing it for as long as there's been people. Because humans walk around eating plants. Right, right. People ate ate way, way, way more than they smoked it. They think that people may have been doing it like 10,000 years ago. Easy. If they were doing it 10,000 years ago, they've been doing it since they had people mouths. I know that they found earthenware with residue in it. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of years BC. Right. Don't you have to decarb it? Yeah. Isn't that the idea? You have to decarboxylate when you have any kind of edible. You have to decarboxylate it because your body cannot deal with THCA. That's what the form is in the plant. And when you heat it up to to like 240 degrees Fahrenheit, it loses the A. Because the way it's in the plant, it's not bioavailable if you eat it. Mm -hmm. So you have to do that. You have to wonder if prehistoric humans were like setting it by the fire. They're like, no, brother, it has to decarb. Right. (laughs) 
the earliest proof of people making cannabis-infused foods came from India. They had recipes that were written in Sanskrit by ancient Indian people that implied that they understood cannabis was oil-soluble and that, oh. you, and that you needed to heat it up in order to make it psychoactive. Those are the Those are basically the two things you need to do. So that is like ancient knowledge. Like that, that is not a new development where people figure that out. Like having it written in Sanskrit. Man, this is, this is the same handwriting as the guy that wrote Bhagavad Gita. (laughs) That's an, that's an old fucking book. Now listen to me. Okay. How could anybody in the world tell me that I am not supposed to smoke weed when there are weed cooking recipes written in like one of the first forms of the human written language? And I have cannabinoid receptors in my brain. If I wasn't supposed to put the cannabinoid like in there, if I wasn't supposed to put it in there, I wouldn't have the thing to hold it. That's right. There is an endocannabinoid system in the body. So your body naturally makes a cannabinoid. It's called anandamide. And funny enough, ananda, anandamide, Mm -hmm. the root word of that is, I think, Hindi or some South Asian language word for joy. They're like, yeah, well, you can't do anything with your receptors except that your body makes the joy molecule. (laughs) Right. And it plugs into the joy slot. But you don't put anything else in the joy slot. (laughs) I'll put whatever I want in my joy slot. It's my it's it's my fucking receptor. You can't fucking tell me what I'm allowed to do with it. That's right. I think that's a fundamental human I, right. You can't tell me that I have all these switches. I own all these switches in my person and I'm not allowed to flip them. You're fucking crazy. And sometimes you just want to sit in your bedroom and flick your switch. That's all I do, baby. <laughs> uh, so one of the first things that they made that was like an edible was bang not the energy drink but bang with an h yeah they have been making at least since a thousand bc in the indian subcontinent so what's in there isn't that milk yes so it is you take a mortar and pestle and you grind weed up into a paste and you cook it with milk and like squeeze squeeze it through and then you grind the weed up with a bunch of spices and stuff and cook it with the milk again and squeeze it out and so it's like a it's like a sort of a tea bag yeah kind situation. of yeah kind of a tea bag situation but it's also like kind of whipped up a little bit so i don't know it's kind of like yogurty maybe i don't know milkshakey but it's weed that sounds good you could imagine what kind of spices they have access to in india right right that's got to be delicious and they said that shiva was as super into bang which why wouldn't you be that's what i would be into if i was shiva part of hindu mythology is supposedly that all of these gods were actually on earth and they were walking around Mm -hmm. so the idea is that one of the theories is that some of the ancient hindu gods may have been extraterrestrials right i really like the idea it's literally the black light poster that says take me to your dealer (laughs) (laughs) an alien coming down to earth and being like yo and they're like i i don't know where shiva came from man (laughs) but uh he is into this (laughs) shiva man you need drink half and wait bro (laughs) in between creating everything and destroying everything he just gets fucked up That's, that's, the, that's a that's sweet the, gig if you can get it, man. That's the life. <laughs> that's what's up. Um, they also use it in Ayurvedic medicine as treatment for fever and digestive issues and for flagging libido and immune support. So Pretty much everything, uh-huh. then. Which I, I use it for everything, too. I use it for everything, yeah. Back hurt, headache, cramps. Tired, not tired. <laughs> That's my favorite. Is using it for both tired and not tired. Look, if I have <laughs> if I have one receptor that makes me tired and not tired, I'm gonna. <laughs> Obviously, that one's getting flipped all the time. I'm gonna mess with that one. Flip, yeah, flip, flip, flip every day at least. Just that one. <laughs> so, bang is sold by government-run shops in India, and they will give it out to people at festivals honoring Shiva. I didn't realize that it was legal. I think it's like one of those, it's controlled by the government. Is it considered, I bet it's considered like ceremonial or something. Right, right. 
you should be able to go to Speedway and just get weed. This thought has been expressed uh, a million times a day by everybody on planet Earth, but Mm -hmm. you should be able to get it at Speedway next to the corn-flavored corn. I think they should sell it in the produce department at the grocery store. Just have it sitting out there bulk style and you just grab what you want. Or or even have it behind a counter like like at a bakery. I think having it in the little jars with the little precious labels, it's fine, but... I think it still makes it too exotic. I think we need I to think just... it needs to be in the produce department, and I think that it should be legal to the point where you can just grow it. Have it be like produce and have it be something that is just easily available to absolutely everybody and have it be so completely available that it's not exotic and it's not unusual and it doesn't it doesn't cause people to have opinions about you. Absolutely. You would have to have it behind a deli counter because I don't, I, you know, it's not cool for 12 year olds to get it. But like, and do you want it ground fine or coarse? Right. It's just like the wine department. Like, you know, people try to say that wine is good for you or whatever. Like, so is weed. Now, wine isn't good for you, though. But weed is. Yeah, weed is. That's the thing for a while. And I, I mean, who can blame them? I like to drink. Drinking makes you feel good. But they were saying, oh, you should have a moderate amount of alcohol. It protects against heart disease. And then they were, and then that got debunked and they're like, well, but you should have red wine because red wine has special stuff in it. And then that got debunked and they're like, well, you should still have just one single drink a day. And then that got debunked. It's basically come out that drinking alcohol is pretty much universally not good for you. Make your choice. Do what you want to do. Not everything's healthy. Right. If you like it and it's not a problem and you accept the consequences, go for it. Yeah, that's But weed has no consequences, so think about that. Any consequences are, like, not very prolonged, usually. <laughs> like, you might have that good. You might be like, oh, I regret that. But it's like, you're, you're fine tomorrow or the day after. It's the best kind of regret because it's the regret you might forget. Right. So... The person who was credited as popularizing the idea of cannabis edibles in the United States was a woman named Alice B. Tuklas. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was a member of the Parisian avant-garde, but she was an American. And she was Gertrude Stein's partner. In 1954, she wrote a book called The Alice B. Tuklas Cookbook. And in this cookbook, she had a recipe for something called hashish fudge. Uh, She wrote the cookbook because in 1933, Gertrude Stein wrote the autobiography of Alice B. Toklas. And so instead of writing her own autobiography and, and having it be the same book as that one, she wrote a cookbook that had like some anecdotes and like stories and stuff in between all the recipes. So her partner wrote her biography of her. How is it an autobiography if she didn't write it herself? It was art, Andy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know much about 20th century, early 20th century writing. I mean, like, why did why did the guy sign the urinal? I don't fucking know. It was art, baby. Deal with it. <laughs> I think I identify more with Duchamp than than many other artists. But. I think Duchamp was a misogynist. Oh, didn't he kill the uh, Black Dahlia? We'll talk about that some episode. We'll yeah. have an episode about it. That'd be good. I like his. I like his urinal. I don't co-sign any misogyny. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> right, right. So, okay. So she wrote this cookbook, and there was a recipe in it for hashish fudge, and everyone went nuts. And it was like a big scandal and it got edited out of some printings of her book. And it was like, it was like a cultural thing. People were talking about it. Like they had movies like referencing her based on the fact that she had this recipe for, for hashish fudge. Right. That was like the first time anyone had ever heard heard of such a thing. The recipe itself was actually given to her by her friend uh, named Brian Geisen. And she just put it in, like, in between, like, her little anecdotes. She just chucked the recipe in there, and she so she didn't even really see it until it until it started making people mad. Like, oh. she didn't understand she didn't understand what the problem was because she didn't really read it, read the recipe before they put it in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and her friend was kind of, like, fucking with her. Well, Geisen was one of those guys that ran around with burrows. Okay, so the, the fudge recipe, right? It wasn't chocolate. The re- her recipe said to take peppercorns, nutmeg, cinnamon sticks, and coriander and crush them up in a mortar and pestle. And then add a handful of dates, figs, almonds, and peanuts and chop those up and mix them with all of the 
seasonings, right? And then you pulverize a whole bunch of cannabis into like powder. You mix it all up with the fruit and nuts and some sugar and butter and knead it into like a paste. Okay. And then you roll it into like little balls and then roll them in nuts. So it is more like a spiced fruit ball. It's kind of like a little bonbon. Do you cook it? You decarb the weed first. Oh, okay. So they, this was definitely, they knew what they were doing and this was definitely going to work. Right. And she said that you should just have like one or two balls at most or else you were going to be fucked. <laughs> yeah. To me, that sounds fucking awesome. It makes me want to make some of those. And that's what I thought to myself is I want to make some of those. And then I was reading about them and then they pointed out that that is a recipe for something that's called majun, which is a confection that they make in areas of Morocco where they make hash. And so these areas where they have um, all these cannabis farms and they dry sift it and all that kind of stuff, they will they would also make the majun. Now, Morocco is known or was known historically for being a place where cannabis was grown. Mm-hmm. But so, so when they would when they would make the majun though, instead of making it with the pulverized leaves like Alice B. Toklas would do, they would do it with dry sift, keef, <laughs> like the pure powder keef. And that's all the active ingredients. All in, the good stuff in cannabis yeah. flowers are yeah. concentrated in the little resin glands that can be shaken or rubbed off mm-hmm. of the flower. So that was like the first the first edible that people really went crazy for. I would have gone wild for it. I mean, I'm I'm ready to try and make some. If you've ever actually made Alice B. Toklas recipe, sound off in the Discord. Patreon.com slash Garbage Brain University. If you're not on there, let us know. I would be interested in hearing if you've made it or not and if it was good. Actually, you know, I say I would like to make it and it sounds good and it sounds delicious. But my, my thing was with edibles is I can't, I just can't have them. They just blow my tolerance out. I can take controlled doses of edibles, but I have to know exactly what the dose is. I am too old and have done it too many times to have what a buddy of mine once called shitty experience roulette. (laughs) (laughs) Like one time out of 10, you nail it. You get exactly the effects you want for exactly what you're doing at the time. And you're like, this is great. I want to do this every day for the rest of my life. And then nine times out of 10, you're like, well, that was underwhelming and you get literally nothing out of it for one reason or another. Or you get the famous experience where you get too high. (laughs) And with edibles, because the substance is in your body and it continues to diffuse into your bloodstream and you continue to metabolize it and so on, what happens is when you vape or you smoke cannabis, You get a dose of it, it diffuses through your lungs into your bloodstream, you have the effects, and it's done. You have all the effects you're going to have. But with an edible, since it remains in your body, it is slowly going into your bloodstream, which is why when you eat edibles, you sometimes won't notice that you are ramping up and you are very steadily and very slowly becoming intoxicated Mm -hmm. until you have crossed the line of suddenly noticing that you were extremely high. Uh Uh-huh. So when you smoke weed, you either vaporize it and heat it to the point where it vaporizes or you use fire and the heat or the vapor vaporizer decarbs the the weed. Right. It starts off as THCA and CBDA, like you were like you were talking about before. Um, and decarbing it turns turns it into THC and CBD. So you have to do the decarbing with the edibles in order to have the edibles work. If you just put raw weed into something, you are not going to get anything out of it. I had heard about people doing that a lot, like back in the day, like when I was a kid, when they would do stuff, they would fuck up their edibles and they wouldn't they wouldn't cook their shit out, and it would just be a waste of weed. Yeah, you could try to smoke it, I guess. When you're doing edibles, you do the decarbing, and so you ingest the THC. When the THC gets to to your liver, your liver turns the Delta 9 into 11-hydroxy-THC. And that is more psychoactive and has has stronger effects than just THC does. And so when you eat it instead of smoking it, you get a different form of it that's more effective anyway. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And so that explains why it feels different and it lasts longer and there's like more psychoactive effects than just smoking it. So I have a quiz. 
I want you to tell me all the different things you can make edibles. How many do you have? I have 14 different ones, but they, but they are going to encompass, like they are like broad categories. Brownies, the classic. Brownies and baked goods. Baked. <laughs> get it. <laughs> do, you, do you get it, please? Get it. <laughs> uh, candy. Gummies and hard candies. Well, if that's just gummies and hard candies, like Sugar Boys, uh, there's also chocolate, like chocolate bars. Chocolates. There's drinkables. Energy drinks. Sometimes you have a Lunchable and a drinkable. <laughs> what if we should a- make edible Lunchables. <laughs> I think... <laughs> With the rapid expansion of the cannabis industry in the United States as we steam toward legalization, I think this could be a million dollar idea. Garbage Brain University. Million dollar idea. Especially with our sudden surplus in Ouija's. Yeah, if you listen to our Cowboys episode, you'll know about Ouija's. That's what's going in the Lunchable. We've got a baked... Cracker. Right. <laughs> get it? <laughs> and we've got the weed cheese, and you can get the little ham. The ham is inert. <laughs> or maybe the ham is weed marinated. Maybe it's wham. <laughs> wham. <laughs> wham and weed cheese. <laughs> and then we're going to take it back because these modern Lunchables are fucked. They're more like bullshitables. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> They tried to sneak into your lunch, and we know. We were there. They used to have cookies. Uh-huh. Put the cookies. The cookies are full of weed. These humble uh-huh. weed-based Lunchables will only be $40 a box. Edible Lunchables, baby. Available at the high-end dispensary near you. <laughs> edible Lunchables. We should combine the word weed and edible to make wettables. <laughs> Wunchables. <laughs> Look for Wunchables in a in a store near you. If you have to cross state lines to get the Wunchables, do it. We need <laughs> right. we need the million dollars. So where were we? <laughs> You're guessing more stuff you could put weed in. Is Bang a drinkable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could put it in. Pasta. We did that once. Uh-huh, we did. It was like kind of a butter pasta sauce with some other herbs. It was surprisingly good. It was decent, yeah. It des- it did had definitely had a gritty texture to it because there was like cooked weed in it, and that is like not the best texture. Yeah, that's one of the things that you really have to pay attention to is that if you think you're just going to toss a little bit of weed in your food and everything's going to work out, it doesn't work like that. No, it gets stuck in your teeth and stuff. Uh, You could put it in salad dressing. Is that the same thing? Because it's oil-soluble. Sauces, dressings, and condiments. So that would be like your THC hot sauce like they (laughs) sold at the dispensary. Wetch up. Wetch up. (laughs) 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 Wayonnaise. parched. I need a glass of Wilk. I have a recipe for Wilk to talk about later. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. Uh, Some people will do, I mean, you you can melt it into butter and butter goes into so many different things. You know what people will do? They'll do it in butter and they'll just like put it on toast. But I don't know if that's not like a product. That's not like a product that people would sell you. Okay. Could you make wee nut butter? I think that would be a sauce dressing or condiment. Because they do make weanut butter. I saw it. <laughs> uh, you know, they will have edibles at the dispensary that are just little jars of honey. That's a sauce dressing or condiment. But they have like 500-something milligrams uh-huh. in it. I heard that the honey is the best value. It's like the most THC for your book. But then you run into the famous dosing problem. You've just got a jar of honey. If you can handle just having a jar of honey 
in just taking one drop of honey at a time. I would feel like an ancient pharaoh if I just if I just <laughs> li- was licking honey all day. <laughs> if I was licking THC honey all day, I would be either laying on the floor in the office or I would be like creeping about town doing graffiti of my cartouche. <laughs> Like an ancient pharaoh. Right, right, right. I'd be laying on a daze, just like dribbling it on fruit. And I would be like, I'd have my tits out and make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> I would... I would sneak into a chamber in the Great Pyramid of Khufu, and I would write, FBI did MLK on the interior chamber. <laughs> I think I've run out of wettable names. <laughs> okay, you forgot cookies. How is it? Okay, okay. Pe- it's a... Pizza, or as I call it, pizza, uh, chips. Okay. Nuts and trail mix. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ice cream, dessert balls, coffees and teas, cereal. Okay. And nowadays, honest to God, they could just fucking spray THC extract on fucking anything in the world. They do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I was having trouble thinking about is because I've seen recipes and I've seen TV shows where they do cooking with this, but they never use they never use the flour in a in a culinary way. They've got just like extract, and they'll put a little bit of the extract in, mm-hmm. right? Which is fine; it works, but it's not. It's not the same. I mean, the thing is with weed to me is that it's a plant, and the farther away you get from it being a plant, like you're starting to talk about products now, and then it, it like I, I feel like you're it's. It, it's not in the spirit of weed. When you're using like sterilized equipment to do chemical processes on it, buddy, just give me the damn plant. That's, a, no, that's all right. We and you do don't, that. I don't bother with uh, getting anything not at the dispensary now just because it's all tested. And it's legal. And I'm anti authority, but let's face it, it's a lot more convenient to go to a store to buy your weed. Mm-hmm, right. But one of the things is that I would never trust butane oil because one of the things they do to extract THC from cannabis flowers is they'll put in a pipe or something, they'll shoot in a bunch of butane, but it'll go through as a liquid. It'll it'll dissolve the actives and it'll come out as a little puddle. And then the, the butane, the solvent in it evaporates, mm-hmm. right? That's the theory. But I know from working as a chemist and working in R&D and, and working in labs for years that if something is 99% pure, that means it's 1% impurities. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and if, if what you're doing is you're taking something that you're supposed to be putting in a lighter in burn and it doesn't have to conform with FDA regulations and it doesn't have to list its ingredients or its manufacturing process, you're taking an industrial product that does not have the expected degree of purity and conformity you would expect from a a medical or a food grade solvent, right? Right, right. So what you're doing is you're concentrating down all of the impurities in the butane, which could be things like toluene, xylene, stuff that'll destroy your liver. Uh The famous case of this is that you never ever, if you work in a lab, you get a jug, you might pick up a jug and it'll say 100% ethanol. Chromatographically verified to be 99.9% ethanol, right? Uh-huh. And that's, it's ethanol. It's the same shit that's in beer, right? The problem is when you distill alcohol in water, you get something called an azeotrope. You cannot distill it because what happens, the way a, a distillation setup works is that the vapor has more of one compound in the mix than the other. So you have alcohol in water and you boil it, the alcohol comes off first. And so you send that through a cooler and what drips off has more alcohol and less water than what you started with. Mm -hmm. You distill it three times. That's the triple X on the liquor jug that hobos have in cartoons, right? right? The problem is you can do it an infinite number of times and you get to the point where it's 91% alcohol and 9% water, where what you get off that in the other end of the distillation cooler is the exact same concentration. Do you know what they put in to break that and enable them to distill 100% ethanol? They put benzene in. 
it wouldn't work if benzene was not mutually soluble with ethanol. Mm -hmm. So when you have this lab-grade ethanol, what you've got is a little bit of benzene in there. You might say, well, a little bit of benzene, that doesn't hurt. Well, it won't hurt you if you have a very tiny amount of it once because your liver filters it out. But if you if you drink it more than a few times, you're going to destroy your liver. Right, right. I think butane shit like that works the same way. You can't go fucking around just drinking and eating every old thing you find like an orangutan. And I'm real picky, but I'm a princess with that stuff. Like, I don't want anything that any solvents have ever touched. Nothing like that. I don't like those pen things anymore. I used to I used to have those pens, but you know what? You could tell they're not good for you when you hit them. You know, if they're 50% THC, what's the other stuff? They're like, the other stuff is good stuff, man. Like, that's not good enough. Right. Unless you could tell me what it is, then I don't believe you. And I also am very picky about what, like, if, like, what, what you put on the label. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, you can tell when you hit when you hit it that it is not good for you. You can tell by listening to what your throat says to you and what your lungs say to you. And when they're like, oh, that, that's not good for you. Yeah, it doesn't bear going into, but a lot of them use diluents that are like toxic to your lungs. Right, right. So yeah, if you so that's my safety my safety request to the kids listening out there today. Just keep it simple. Don't go too far from the plant. If you have to fucking do something crazy and add something nasty to it to get something out of the plant, then you don't need that. You weren't supposed to have that. The plant was there because you're supposed to have it. I'll go one step further. Don't fuck with the pen. You don't know what you're getting with the pen. Even if you get it legal, even if you get it at a dispensary, they're diluting it. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to do that. And if you say, Well, I gotta have it because I gotta go out, I gotta go out and about. You're not going anywhere these days. Finish up your cartridges you got. They're expensive. Right. But then don't buy anymore. Right. If you're on the go, you can get some butane free, solvent free concentrate and get like a little vape pen. But you know what is the best way to get super high at work or in public? without anybody seeing you or smelling you. Edibles, baby. Right, that's what we're here to talk about. So the main thing that people usually do with edibles is like baked goods or space cakes, brownies, cookies. And those, they look exactly like the regular baked goods, except sometimes they smell a little bit like weed. I made brownies last weekend, regular brownies with nothing in them, like regular dessert brownies. My experiences in the past with weed brownies, I think, has almost destroyed my ability to eat brownies. Now, I know the last time we had weed brownies, it was a very long time ago. We were nasty. But when you cooked them, you poured them out into like a, a nine by nine kind of Pyrex pan. It wasn't a very large recipe, but I know after you cut them, they left green grease <laughs> on, disgusting. on the pan. Like the same way that school pizza leaves orange grease behind. Right. So like the last time I made weed edibles was like in the late 00s because I really fucked my tolerance up bad when I did that. So I had all of my AVB that I had been saving for years and years of being a never-ending 24-hour-a-day weed smoker. And ABV has already been vaped. Right. And so it was like powdered weed, and we had like a two-liter bottle of it or something. And so we soaked it with alcohol, and then we strained it out, and then we evaporated. It was Everclear. It was edible alcohol. We evaporated it off, and then we had this muck. It was like a ball, like bigger than a golf ball, a solid weed tar. Garbage. Yeah, it was like very dark green. It was extremely dark green. And I made brownies and I just chucked the whole thing in there. I got extremely fucking high and I had to eat the rest of the brownies because I made them. And so over the course of like a couple of weeks, I was just like higher than God. And then after that, I could not smoke anymore because it wouldn't do anything. I broke it. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to take a tolerance break, the dreaded tolerance break. And then I get to the end of like month, six week tolerance break. And then I fucking find out I'm pregnant. And it turns into fucking longest tolerance break that's ever fucking existed in the history of the world. <laughs> it was like the worst time tolerance break ever. Like to go into it on a t at the end of a tolerance break, it was so cruel. It was cruel. I was so happy with myself with my good job, my tolerance break. I didn't even get to break it. I didn't get to break it for like a year. It was a fucking nightmare. And that's why you don't eat pop brownies. 
because then you have to take a tolerance break, and then you're going to be so responsible, you're going to find yourself having a family. (laughs) (laughs) You see what a little responsibility turns into? It's just a slippity slope, baby. Yeah, right. (laughs) Actually, when I got pregnant, we, you know, you do the thing where you're like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody because it's like bad vibes, bad karma or whatever. Like you can't, you got to keep it quiet until you know it's up or it's like bad, whatever. Yeah. So I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell anybody. And my friend came over and it was seriously like two days after I took the test. And so I definitely wasn't fucking telling anybody. He came into my house and I wasn't already smoking weed. And then when he asked me if I wanted to smoke weed, and I kind of tried, I kind of shrugged him off. He was just like, "You're pregnant, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Notice you didn't have a bong when you walked when I walked in the house. <laughs> I've never seen you just put the bong down since I've met you. <laughs> There's has to be something wrong. <laughs> So in the states that have legalized cannabis, drinkables account for 4% of the cannabis market. Yeah, drinkables are not it. But apparently the drinkables market is falling also because it started off at 4%. Now it's only a percent and a half because people probably tried the drinkables and they're like, these aren't that good. And they stopped. The thing is, when you're eating an edible, if it's not really, really good, if it doesn't taste really good, you have to still eat the whole thing. And having a can of pop that doesn't taste good, like an oily can of pop, miss me. Did you know what else is uh, considered to be edible? THC and CBD capsules and tinctures. Those tinctures are great because you can get a little dropper that has uh, milliliters on it. And so you know, they tell you how much is in one milliliter. And so you just know how much you want to take and you can get it. You can drip out like one, you can fill it up and drip out one little dot of liquid until you have the exact amount you want to take and then you take it. Right. Tincture is cannabis in oil at room temperature. You can also make something called Green Dragon, which is cannabis in high grain alcohol, which is what we use to make our tarball. Only we dried it off. There is also a liqueur called creme de gras, which is a liqueur made with cannabis. And then they make cannabis oil, which is cooking oil that is infused with cannabis for you to make your weed salad dressing or weed oil with herbs for you to dip your bread in when you have Italian food. Mm-hmm. That little plate with mm-hmm. the little, yeah. That's always good. Um, and then there's weed butter, which is the classic, the classicest. Because butter lends itself so well to to cooking, and the milk solids in there taste so good. Right, right. It's got a better taste. Right. So speaking of milk, and I mentioned this earlier that I was going to share with you a recipe today. This is the fucking most disgusting recipe I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it makes me wish I was dead. <laughs> And so I'm going to tell you all about this recipe today. Sound off in the Discord if you've ever made this recipe or if you (laughs) hear me describe this recipe and decide to make it for yourself. Please let me know how it went. This is a recipe for something called volcano bag milk. (laughs) Well, it sounds sounds delicious. (laughs) The classic king of the vapes, right? The absolute creme de la creme of desktop vaporizers, right? The volcano. It is like this desktop thing. It is heavy as shit. It is probably about 10 inches circular at the base and it's shaped like a metal pyramid with the circular base. It's probably about 10 inches across. And there is a mouthpiece that has a giant balloon on it. And you put it on the, the pyramid base and it inflates the balloon with vape. And then you take it off and then you just huff out of the bag. So is it classy? Because I always know that. I always feel very extra classy when I'm huffing out of a bag. The bag is really loud. It's like one of those Sun Chips bags yeah. where they tried to outlaw it because it was too loud. The crackling of the volcano bag is like the soundtrack of my life. It's very Pavlovian. <laughs> right, right. It has like it has instant, like as soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's time to chill out. All right. Okay, so volcano bag milk, okay? Say you have your volcano and you've been smoking or vaping out of your volcano bag for like... 
I don't know, months. I hardly ever change my volcano bag because it just, it lasts forever, right? Yeah. You decide you're going to change your volcano bag for whatever reason. You pop a hole in it. It starts looking dirty, whatever reason, right? Don't throw that bag away, dum-dum. What we're going to do, we're going to cut that volcano bag into strips, like little skinny strips. We're going to get a big bowl and we are going to fill the bowl with milk. And then we are going to put all of the strips of volcano bag into the milk and we are going to microwave it. <laughs> then we're gonna bring it out we're gonna give it a little mix stick it back in a microwave yeah. microwave a little longer we're gonna keep on mixing it and microwaving it like four or five times right then we're gonna come and bring it out <sighs> we are going to let it cool enough that we can put our hands in it <laughs> we're gonna take out the individual strips of volcano bag and we're gonna squeeze them through our fingers to make sure that we get everything off of those pieces of plastic <sighs> We're going to squeeze them between our fingers and put them to the side, right? And we're this take is... this, they're going to take this ambrosia, right? This beautiful... Mother liquor. Yes, that we've just made. We're going to take an extremely fine sieve and we're going to pour it through the sieve to get any errant pieces of plastic out of it. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to give it a final nuke just to make sure we kill all the germs from our hands. It's drinking time, baby. Sensible. <laughs> drinking time. Now, it's time to fucking throw it back. And so then you just chug it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it tastes like Reclaim. <laughs> so, leaving aside the taste issue of the final product, mm -hmm. and I will say, I, I don't really like drinking milk. Right. Milk never tastes how I think it's going to taste in my mind. I think in my mind, for whatever reason, since I was a child, I've always thought that milk should taste like melted ice cream. Uh -huh. It does not taste like this. It tastes like water and it has an off note. <laughs> right. <laughs> so milk naturally does not taste good to me. See, to me, milk tastes sweet. Well, into this wondrous solution, I would put plastic that I've been touching and breathing, <laughs> breathing in and out of We're gonna, for months. Yeah. Just my nasty breath breathing in and out. And of course I've never cleaned it because if you ever clean it, it's not full of resin. Uh -huh. If you are not a weed smoker, you don't know about the idea of resin. But when you have classically, and I have not combusted weed in decades. It's been a very long time. I only vape it and, and eat it, but there's a buildup of essentially tar inside of the pipe. It's this dark brown tar, and it's a mix of like saliva and- Oils. <laughs> oils and combustion products. And it does have some THC in it. And the idea is that when you run out of weed, you can scrape it out and you can smoke the resin. It does work, but it also gives you a headache. Really bad headache, yeah. Which is like not, anyway, it bad. It, it's not a good, it's not a good way to consume it. But vaporizer resin is basically the same thing. When you're breathing in and out, you've got this concentration of this, of THC and CBD and stuff in the vapor and it collects on the outside because the outside of the bag is cooler. Mm -hmm. So it's like having a, a glass of ice water. You get beads on the outside because the water vapor in the air condenses. Residue from vaping and cannabis that you have already vaped has like a dirty popcorn taste. It doesn't taste good. Right. And it doesn't smell good. And I can't imagine that if you take that and you add that to milk, and then you also have a bunch of plastic <laughs> you get where you've plastic been <laughs> you've been manipulating the plastic. It is sat out being exposed to light and you are consistently exposing this plastic to 400 degree Fahrenheit hot air. So you have manipulated and degraded this plastic. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely leaching plasticizers out. It's probably fine if you're huffing volcano bags, but to cut the bag up and extract all of the plasticizer <laughs> out of the plastic into the milk to the point where the plastic is like deforming and crinkling up and you're crunching it up and then the plastic degrades and fragments so much that when you're done, you have to pour it through a strainer because the plastic is all broken up. Right. <laughs> Isn't that the grossest recipe you've ever heard? And from what I've seen, I've seen people talking about having made volcano bag milk, and they all say that it is extremely 
fucking potent and it gets you way too high and it makes you feel gross. So part of the reason why I don't like using material that you've already vaped. Now it's still there and it's brown. It it has some of the active ingredients still in it. Uh-huh. It could have 30 to 50% of the original THC. Now this stuff is expensive. In Ohio, the typical price is $40 for a tenth of an ounce. They don't sell it in eighths. They sell it in tenths of an ounce for reasons that nobody has ever been able to figure out. Right, right. You get discounts if you buy in bulk. You might be able to get an ounce for $200, $250, which I don't know how that stacks up with other states, but that's a decent deal. We have decent and it's, weed. It's not bad and it's really And it's really strong and it's nicely cured and everything else. But so you would understand why you wouldn't, it would be like if you drank a beer halfway and threw the beer out, but that's not a great analog because everything that's left is like all the cruddy stuff and you also degrade some of the THC into a compound called CBN, which is psychoactive, but its psychoactive effects are to make you tired and confused. Mm-hmm. So you basically <laughs> you basically have like Pokemon poison weed. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, one time I made something, the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. Okay. Out, it's one of the top 10 mistakes I've made. <laughs> I had about half a jar of peanut butter and I had a cup or a cup and a half of ground up flour that I had already vaped. Mm-hmm. It was brown, but I knew it still had THC and stuff in it, right? So I was like, well, I already own it, so it's free to me. So I mixed it up with peanut butter and I would occasionally have a little spoonful of it and it was never great it was always disgusting because it was like the whole foodsy peanut butter that was real oily yeah and i remember you used to have like your butter knife or like a cracker or something and you would just scoop out some of this extremely drippy and greasy peanut butter that was like a shade or two too dark and you could see how gritty it was <laughs> and you just be out <laughs> It was so gritty. It was it it was so gritty. It was owned by Comcast. (laughs) I would do that and it never had that great of an effect. So it took me a really long time to get finished with it. I think at some point I threw it away. But the point I think at which I threw it away is a friend of ours came over and I said, oh, here's the stuff I made to them. They're like, cool. And I was like, it's pretty strong. Here's how much I put in. They're like, all right, cool. And they ate like a couple heaping teaspoonfuls of it. And I was like, wow, your tolerance must be pretty high. So I guess you know where you're aiming. And now that I'm a dad, I would never let somebody do that. (laughs) So you know where this is going. (laughs) Not the next morning and not the next night, but two nights later, I hear from my friend, if you want to know how long ago it was, I think they sent me a message on MySpace. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And they said, dude, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) Because it just, it obliterated like a couple days for them. And so I think I was like, yeah, this is not, this is not doing anybody any good. This is not (laughs) saving anybody any money. (laughs) It's weenut butter is not a force of good. This weenut butter is nothing but tired and confusion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so the thing is with uh, with edibles and with weed in general is that you can't overdose on it. It's like almost impossible. Right. Basically impossible. No one's ever died of just having weed. You can be very uncomfortable, but that's yeah. it. You can have like, you can, you can be fucking off your fucking ass, like unbelievably like nightmare high, but you're not going to die. You'll be all right. It might take you a couple of days to get your bearings, but you'll be all right. Yeah, you might feel weird for a second. If you are smoking weed, you cannot you, you cannot get yourself to the point that you get with edibles. You will get tired. You will forget that you're smoking weed. <laughs> and you will stop smoking it. Right? That's what happens to me. Is I, I smoke weed until I forget that I'm still smoking it. And then, I, and then it just like lands somewhere, right? <laughs> That's the way to do it. 
you're not going to get yourself to a point where you're like having a bad time. No, you just you get to where you're going and then you just float on down from there. Right. So when you hit when you have edibles, though, it takes a couple hours to kick in. So you end up overeating them and then it hits you and you're fucked. Yeah. Between 2005 and 2011, there was a 30.3% increase in cannabis related calls to poison control related to them legalizing weed. So people will go out to the dispensaries and buy like the really strong edibles and then just eat the whole thing because they don't know what the fuck's going on. I know the word bud tender is a joke, but when the person who sells you the weed goes, bro, this is very strong. You should break off one of the nine segments of this and eat one of the segments. And then by the next day, you can tell what happened. And then you can go from there. Right. I think that the dosages on edibles needs to be, it needs to match what the serving size of that food would be. Like, I don't want to have weed gummy bears where one gummy bear is 25 milligrams. Because no one ever just eats one gummy bear. It should be 35 or 40 milligrams for like 15 gummy bears. And it should be a sack of, a sack of them in, in a serving size. The thing where they sell the cookie or they sell the gummy where it's like a gummy that is like the size of a small cookie or something. And the gummy has like 250 milligrams or 1,000 milligrams in it? What are you fucking doing? Who is going to take a razor blade and shave a piece of gummy off? That's what you have to do to dose it. And I know that a lot of a lot of the industry started in medical users. Mm-hmm. So you have people who have terminal diseases or you have people who are using high doses. I don't think it would ruin their day to be like, well, time to eat my daily 20 gummy bears. Right. I mean, unless they have chronic tooth pain. I just think that, I think it's irresponsible to give a person one single cookie and tell them it's five servings. Yeah, you can't say just break off part of this and eat part of this. That's that's ridiculous to do. Also, in the dispensary down here, they have extremely delicious gummies. They really do a good job on them. They're so delicious. They're like (laughs) gummier than a gummy you buy in a store and they're covered in like sugar and citric acid and they've got a great mix of like sweet and tangy, right? Uh But you eat one. That's it. You eat one. I want to eat 12 of them. But if I do that, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow or the day after. But I'm going to wake up on Sunday and wonder what the hell happened. You can't overdose. No, it's just a matter but you can, of... you can really regret it. An overdose of edibles has some symptoms. You want to hear them? Paranoia, nausea, hallucinations, panic attacks, and impaired mobility. I have had all of those except for the nausea. Weed has never made me nauseous. No, it's never made me nauseous. In fact, it's prescribed for nausea sometimes. What's the highest you've ever been on edibles? Uh, so the first time I did edibles, actually, um, I had uh, smoked weed in years prior and it was no big deal. It was no big deal. Smoke a little bit of brown weed, hang out with your buddies, play some drums, go home, right? Mm-hmm. Hang out, smoke some weed, listen to Bob Marley, go home. No big deal. And when we got married, a friend of ours gave us nicer weed than I have ever seen before. And he gave it to you and you stirred it all into butter. I did, yeah. Uh-huh. And then before we got married, I was like, whew, I'm going to have some of this to mellow me out. So I had a couple tablespoons of it. Of straight weed butter. Yeah, just concentrated weed butter. And then I got like very super extremely high this is at our wedding by the way this is at our wedding yeah you know just kept getting higher and higher and then everybody left we just we got married in our home by like a a, non-denominational a non-denominational minister yeah he came through read us our rights and then (laughs) everybody hung out for an hour we didn't even have anything to drink we didn't have any beer or anything. So a few friends hung out, family hung out for a minute and then left. And then by the time I got upstairs, it was like my body was in a different place from where it was. I will get this feeling still nowhere near that strong, but it's like a time lag effect. It's like my body, as I'm moving through space, my body is lagging behind where it actually is in like the astral plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like my soul is in one place, my body is in another place. Right. I had the realization, you know, I was trying to mellow out after becoming just like unbelievably high. And I had never, I had never even considered that you would have full bore hallucinations from having weed. It just never even occurred to me. And yeah. I didn't even read up on it because it's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go read in the dictionary for how to drink beer. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> right. right? I wasn't going to go look up how to take weed. Right, but you definitely had to go and look up the classic Google search. The classic Google search. <laughs> the only Google search that ever matters. Painstakingly. Weed overdose. I don't think anyone has ever learned about the truth about weed overdoses and without actually being high at the same time. Like, that's the, that's the article that you read when you are so high that you think you're going to die. And the best part... And the article's like, no, you're fine. And you're like, I don't know if I am. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting to breathe. This article's telling me I'm fine, though. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> That's for for all you want to say about uh, Sergi Brin and Larry Page. They really do. When you type in how to get less high to Google, like it comes up in all the pages, like literally the previews in the search engine results just say, don't worry. <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked up how to get less high. I think my default is weed overdose. Oh, how to get less high. Get in the shower. Take a shower. Have a cup of coffee. Light exercise. Go for a walk. Well, you just exercise. Eye drops. Yeah, see, number one, don't panic. You're fine. Everything's okay. You're greening out, baby. I remember, what I remember about that time when you had all of the edibles and we got married was that before we got married, I had to go find you in the basement because you were hiding in the basement. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> You, it came on in such a way, and I had a couple. I had a couple tablespoons of butter, and it was like dinner time, right? We were, yeah, empty we, stomach. Oh, the classic empty stomach. See, I didn't even think about that. It was like an hour later, and like nothing was really happening. I was like, eh, whatever. Forgot about it. Mm -hmm. Just literally forgot about it. Didn't occur to me. Then it just kept coming on stronger and stronger. I can't explain why I went to the basement. It was just like the lizard part of my brain is like, something is coming. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go down. Uh, I'm just going to go down in the basement. I'm just going to sit down here. I'm just going to leave the lights off because I don't know what's coming. <laughs> like... <laughs> I had just, I had gotten like the, the confusion kicking in a little bit to where I was like this. And you were like, are you down here? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll be up there in a minute. <laughs> you were so high when we got married that to this day, I, I've often questioned if our marriage is legal. <laughs> like, I don't see how you signing the marriage contract when the guy made you sign the, the thing at the end of this. I don't know how that was legal. You were so fucking high. I mean, I don't, I don't remember doing paperwork. <laughs> See? I thought it was. I think we might not be married. I think you might still be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think we nullified the marriage with too much weed. I think I think we're grandfathered in at this point. I don't think anybody's gonna. You're yeah, probably common law at this point, anyway. Yeah, I I don't think. But so uh, I really try hard in my life to learn from experiences. Right. And to try to do better and to, to think about it, not to overanalyze things, but to think about it. So, you know, had this experience and, you know, the night we got married after everybody left, I just, uh, it's very foggy, but I remember using the bathroom and I remember like my body was behind. I was like trying to mentally plan like in a second, <laughs> in a second, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to unbuckle my pants or whatever right? <laughs> right right like planning it out just like super fucking beyond the green rainbow <laughs> and then i was like because i was not used to having like physical effects yeah. from smoking weed usually you know i would smoke it and Catch i would be buzz, like i'd be on. like cool man whoa man right right <laughs> now i remember standing there and urinating and i was like this is so strange. I did not know that if you had so much weed that it would feel like the urine stream was starting out of your body. I felt like it was starting several inches away. And I was just <laughs> like, 
I'm sure if you were to watch me urinating, it would look totally normal. But in my head, I was like, I need to like do some more doing like parkour math. Like if it's coming several inches, I'm gonna need to aim like down more. Probably just like fucking, just fucking soaking the bathroom. And of course, I didn't have. I remember I didn't have the lights turned on because I was like, I don't know, something's coming. And then the next day. We had more pot butter. Well, this is what I was saying is I, I try I try to learn from my experiences and I go about my life in a deliberate, careful and measured way, which is why less than 24 hours later, the next morning when I was still high, you had all the cookies that you made from the butter, less the butter that I ate on an empty stomach. And we had some people over because we were gonna have edibles and go bowling. So we all <laughs> ate the edibles. I was still high off my nut and we went to go bowling. You know, we fucked around. We waited for people to come over. Hey, are you coming over? And nobody had phones. So you just, you know, drive by our other friend's place, see if they're home, whatever, right? I start getting massively fucking high again. We go to the bowling alley and they're like, you can't bowl. We're like, the bowling alley's empty. They're like, there's a league going on. <laughs> So we went to the bowling alley and I'm high as fuck. I'm like, dude, why won't they let us bowl? This place is empty. I'm getting bad feelings. We better go back to the basement. <laughs> so that's the that's the highest off of edibles right. I've ever been. Right. How well, about how about you? That was probably it. I I mean I, that was probably the only time I've ever gotten high where I was like uncomfortably high. I have done that twenty or thirty times. Right. I don't get uncomfortably high that much. I'm just like a I was made for this shit. I'm like a weed metabolizer. I'm here to process weed. I'm here to take it from the ground and send it right back up into the sky where it belongs. Goodbye, little plant. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. I like you know how bees are here to like get pollen and, and make honey and stuff? Yeah. I'm here to burn through the planet's weed supply. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a part of the carbon cycle. Right, right. I'm here to I'm gonna live forever because I'm gonna be smoked like a ham. Weed smoked. <laughs> I'm I'm the secret I'm the secret ingredient in the edible lunchable. <laughs> <laughs> What did you learn today about edibles? You know, they make so much stuff. I didn't even, you said pizza. I I was thinking about it. I don't know how you do it. I, I'm going to have to think about that one. Weed, so. Weed, so. I'm going to have to think about that one. I did learn that if you do get too high off edibles, don't panic. Right. But I already learned that. But I'm glad that that's still like the top few results. Uh, sadly, if you bing it, you will find that the top result is WikiHow, which... Uh, you should check out as it has a number of in incredibly bizarre amateur illustrations mm -hmm. of a guy being too high in a formless house, which maybe accurately represents the experience of being too high better than any other illustration could. Right. <laughs> if you haven't already, subscribe to us, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. And as always, we're brought to you by two sponsors, Harlem Township, Ohio. Ah, Northeast of Franklin County, near up there. It's in Delaware County. Delaware County, southeastern Delaware County. HarlemTWP.com. Check them out online. And Hazel Technologies. Purveyors of fine pouches to put in your thing to make your fruit not rot. You, you can't vouch if you don't have a pouch. I just made that up. That's not their <laughs> slogan. Check them out, Hazel Technologies, if you're an industrial or a personal fruit shipper. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. I love you. Good night. On the next Garbage Brain University, we're going to talk to you about... Dolphins. Those squeaky fuckers. Those gray underwater pieces of shit. I hate them. Find out why. We're going to talk about dolphins on acid communicating with us psychically. And we're going to talk about their melons.